We are geek-centric, and you can be too. Welcome back to the Geekcentric Podcast. My name is Nate, and in today's episode, we see justice achieved for Zack Snyder, a casting for a pair of pandemic survivors, and we're getting our vaccines with extra butter this summer. Also, we're discussing some shocking and shameful guilty pleasures in our topic of the show. But first... If you're joining us for the first time, this is a weekly show covering the world of film, television, gaming, toys, and collectibles, and all things geek-centric. Joining me on the show, as always, we have the justice-filled, joker-loving judge of jaw-flapping jargon, Justin. Hey! I was expecting more of like a joker thing there. I don't uh, what was what was the line that he says? Uh, we live in a society. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. And uh, and and remade from the June 1985 original flop of a film, we have the new and improved Kevin Hudson's Hudstis League of Kevmerica, The Kevin Returns Part 2. <laughs> Wow, I'm speechless after that one. I had no idea where you were going with that. You started off calling me a box office flop, so... Yeah, you were. You very much were. But listen, this remake is looking very promising. How are you guys doing this night? Doing well. Good. This night, I feel like... This night, how are you? And on that note, guys, um, whatcha? What you what you been up to? Let's let's dive in. Kevin. Uh, well, recently, Sarah and I dove headfirst into Succession. Uh, we've, had it, we've had it recommended to us by a lot of people, so we finally pulled the trigger. And uh, we've, we're about halfway through season two already, so we are flying through that sucker, and it is Beautiful. fantastic. Yeah, I've heard really good things. Oh yeah, it's just like the, the the most motley crew of people, just like the biggest assembly of people you hate I've ever seen in one sort of project, and it's so good. They're all so good at what they do. They bring like creepiness and just awful people, and it's amazing. I love watching them. And is it is that? That doesn't take place in space, right? Does it? No, 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 no. No, it's, okay. it's they're just a, a <laughs> no, wealthy it's here on family. Earth, Nate, it takes place on Earth. <laughs> yes. Oh. Okay. 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 <laughs> no, it's it's actually really, really good. I'd recommend it to anybody who wants. Uh, you know, it's kind of like if the Trumps actually had money, what would they be like? <laughs> oh my God! And we're we're even more uh, entertaining to watch somehow. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, Kevin, is that how many seasons is that now? Uh, they finished two. Uh, I believe the third season was actually supposed to come out last year, but obviously uh, was right. pushed back. There's no date, but I have pretty much seen that it is coming out at some point this year. So very cool. Uh, yeah, there's lots to look forward to over the next few months. Justin, uh, let's hear it. What's yeah? Um, I haven't really done too much in the last week. Um, the only thing I actually decided to rewatch is uh, the Godzilla movies. So mm. I, I watched uh, Gareth Edwards' Godzilla 2014. The uh, only I really enjoyed one. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's actually, so you know good. what, dude? It's it so is. Good. It's great. It's fantastic. But I actually will give points to Godzilla too. King really? of Monsters. Like it's actually like. 
it's actually it's a lot of fun it's just fun it's not yeah. again okay. it's, it's kind of like the fast and furious right like it's it knows what it is it knows what it's trying to be it's trying to be a huge monster movie of of monsters fighting uh they have a really great cast Hilary bobby brown uh yeah vera from uh, kyle chandler like i like he's such an underrated actor ken watanabe comes back you have yeah, o'shea course. jackson jr which is ice cubes uh uh son son yeah um like i, I don't know they they had a really good cast and yes it's 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 kind of campy at times it's a it's a bit weird um yeah so i don't know they, this has a great cast i had fun i'm looking forward now to uh uh i'm gonna watch kong before you know my problem with it is just it does have a great cast and I think for a monster movie to be successful, it can't just be about monsters. You have to have people that are interesting and engaging to sort of carry the brunt of the story because you're not going to get any of that from the di- uh, the, the monsters. And while the big fight scene at the end in, in Fenway Park and everything is done really well, the people are so stupid and unlikable, <laughs> even with that cast. Now, did you watch Kong, Kong Skull Island as well? Not yet. No, okay. I'm going to watch that next. I, I should have probably watched that first, but I, I thought I would just do the the Godzilla and then I'd, I'd move into it. But, you know, they're reference Kong and they're, they're creating their universe, if you will. But yeah, to your point, that's what I loved about the first one is is the sort of humility that was was ingrained in a monster movie. And, and while you had the perspective of this monster trying to survive, uh, you had people also trying to survive and a family trying to survive. I don't know how much more you could really go with that idea in a number two like it was bound for this to happen for the universe to or the world to expand right so you know um i think they did what they could with trying to give some humility but it knew what it was meant to be it was meant to be a, a monster monster movie and it was pretty cool i i was it was awesome to watch uh, godzilla just go to town again on on some of these monsters man i just think that you know again and i said this when we talked about the uh, what we're not looking forward to in 2021 or something, you know, I, I just honestly, it's not going the way that like, I guess I want it to, which again, that relatability of the humanity of, of that first one was so, so well done. I think they could have stuck with it. I don't know if I would have gotten tired with it in the second one, but all that to say, I am looking forward to seeing uh, the next movie. Should be good. Very cool. Nate, what you been up to? Yeah, I, uh, I thought you would never ask. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I, you know what? I watched something uh, that I can't talk about that I'm going to save for our topic of the show. Uh, I watched a few more things, though. I, 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 you know what? I, I had some time on my hands, and uh, I, I rewatched Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone uh, as I was building my Lego Hogwarts Express set, uh, and that was a lot of fun. And I forgot just how young... Uh, all that cat, like the cast was in that movie, um, but it was such it's such a lovely little film, and I don't know. I'm probably gonna rewatch all of them now. Have you guys done a rewatch of that series lately? I did that over the holidays, and I gotta say, like the movies themselves, just they just get better as yeah. as they get older. Like as as they, you know what I mean? Like they're just so much fun. Like after I put like watch one, it's like okay, we're done. It's gotta we gotta do the whole thing now, right? Like, yeah, and that's you know, that's kind of how I feel now. And like I I I figure like this first one is something that I can, I, you know, I can build a Lego set too, but as soon as I get into the third one, probably I'm just going to be like, nah, I got to just pay all my, all my attention uh, right to uh, Mr. Potter. Uh, but uh, yeah, also more Superstore. Um, I've gotten to the, the most up-to-date season, uh, which is season six. And it's strangely comforting to see all these characters like that I've connected with over the past five seasons. They're now confronting and dealing with retail life during the pandemic. Um, so it, it really elevates the re, you know relatability uh, even more, and I don't think I honestly don't think we've seen that that much in many TV shows. Even though with stuff going into production, have you guys seen many shows that are 
kind of doing the whole pandemic, like the, the actual pandemic. They're wearing masks and stuff like that. Um, well, one of the shows that I actually uh, will will come up in our topic of the show, yeah, uh, is has been doing it. It's it's far more recent. Uh, it's it's trying to deal with current times. Um, I have heard some other shows like um, more more of the primetime television stuff. Uh, that's that's been that's been doing it. That's been referencing it. Um, but yeah, it is it is becoming a little bit more uh, relevant to to the. Uh, to the TV stories. Yeah, certainly. I've been watching Your Honor with Brian Cranston, and there was an episode where he uses it to his advantage uh, just to sort of pull some courtroom shenanigans. And so it was interesting to see that, you know, be such right. a relevant topic. Yeah, and it's just kind of, I think it's just interesting because it's like, again, normally we watch these shows to escape, but every now and then it's also kind of comforting to see that these characters are are living through the same stuff that we're going through. So oh, I, yeah. I just thought that was interesting. I, and I think it'll be even more prevalent in shows coming out over the next few months that were maybe filmed you know started before the the pandemic and maybe they've gotten back to it they've maybe tweaked the story a little to include it to make it feel you know relevant and and up to the minute or whatnot so i'm sure we'll see it in a bunch of shows coming up yeah i hope so um also uh one more one i want to give a quick shout out to um, I actually got a chance to watch the sequel to a pretty famous indie film. Uh, I watched Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom for the first time on Family Day. Uh, and I just want to say really quickly, Short Round is probably the best thing about that entire movie. He's, he's, he's 100% incredible. the best part. Yeah. He's so good. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it. Ki Huai Kwan. Um, he's in the Goonies as well, which I still have to watch, and I want to watch even more now because he's in it. But um, he's fantastic, and and like no offense to like Kate Capshaw, who oh, wait, plays you, you didn't Willy? like her screaming for two no, straight hours for the, <laughs> for the whole movie. Like I was just like, get Marianne back in this movie. Um, <laughs> it would have, but but honestly, like think about it. Imagine the movie if it was just Indian short round. Like how sick would that be if it was just the two of them like hanging out, going on this adventure? Like they didn't need to include this romantic thing in there did they um it's funny because uh apparently it's it's not even steven spielberg's like it's his least favorite indiana jones film uh he was quoted in 1989 saying i wasn't happy with the temple of doom at all it was too dark too subterranean and much too horrific uh i thought it out poltergeisted poltergeist um there's not an ounce of my own personal feeling in temple of doom so he really doesn't like that it's my least favorite of the four 100 percent yeah you're about yeah. to watch my favorite, though. I can't wait for you to see that one. I'm very stoked. I'm yeah. very stoked. Um, but just really quick, I just wanted to just say my favorite line in the movie is comes pretty early on in the movie. It's, okie dokie, Dr. Jones. Hold on to your potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> is that where he's, like, driving the car after the yeah, nightclub? Yeah, he's got, he's got, like, bricks <laughs> strapped to his feet or something. <laughs> or wooden blocks. So good. Freaking amazing. Um, but, yeah, that is it for Whatcha. So let's get into the news. It's all about the details. Okay, so a uh, little bit of news that we, I think we all kind of started to expect. If you've been on Twitter recently or, you know, if you've been paying attention to any of the news surrounding uh, our favorite show, The Mandalorian, uh, or one of our favorite shows, uh, The Mandalorian star Gina Carano fired amid social media controversy. Uh, this is from Aaron Couch from The Hollywood Reporter. Gina Carano will not be returning to The Mandalorian or the Star Wars Galaxy after sharing a post on social media implying that being a Republican today is like being 
Jewish during the Holocaust. Uh, Gina Carano is not currently employed by Lucasfilm, and there are no plans for her to be uh, to be so to be in the future, uh, which is what a Lucasfilm spokesperson said in a statement. Uh, nevertheless, her social media posts denigrating people based on their cultural and religious identities are abhorrent and unacceptable. Uh, according to sources, Lucasfilm planned to unveil Carano as the star of her own Disney Plus series during the December Investors Day, uh, but scrapped those plans following her November tweets. Uh, so, guys, I mean, I know we've been kind of following this, and we've kind of, uh, I, I know in earlier episodes, we, we talked about this potentially happening. Now that it's happened, um, I mean, what do you guys think about this going forward? She is her own worst enemy, right? Yeah. Like, she did it to herself, uh, you know. She, I think she knew what she was doing and what it would imply. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's one of those things where you can't really be too upset because they did it to themselves. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's unfortunate that she won't be in the series anymore, but I don't know. I'm glad Disney did something about it and, you know, decided to and was thinking about it, obviously, early on. Um, I think it was just a matter of trying to figure out where to draw the line. And I think that that tweet... 100% is the line drawer. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is 100% the right call by Disney. It was a disgusting thing to say, uh, yeah. you know. And if what she's referring to is, you know, because I know she had posted some anti mask stuff earlier last year and got backlash for it, you know. And so if she's kind of suggesting that that is the equivalent of being a Jewish person during the Holocaust, you know, she's really got her priorities and, and just, her way of thinking about life completely messed up. So, and honestly, I think she wasn't a super main character. I think the show can go on without her very yeah. easily. And her sh her own standalone show wouldn't have been something I was like chomping at the bit for. And so I say good riddance. Yeah. Bill Burr can, can lead it. That's exactly what I was thinking, Justin. Yeah. Bill Burr could 100% lead that show, <laughs> lead, that, lead show. that charge. Yeah. I think that would be so. great. But I mean, I think, you know, you see so many people, uh, there was the hashtag, um, cancel Disney plus going around and stuff like that. And, and, and Justin, you put out a great tweet with, uh, with Wanda and vision, just turning their head and saying, Nope. Um, I love that. But, but no, I think, I think it's, it's interesting because people are, are shouting out on Twitter, like, okay, so freedom of speech is, is dead. And no, 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 freedom of speech is not dead. Um, freedom from consequence of what you say that that is going to happen, you know, yes. so you can't get away from that. Um, yeah. and, and when you're the face of, of the Mandalorian, um, kids watch these shows. It's like, you're not going to, you can't just do that. Like, it's just crazy. You know, a lot of people were like, oh, well, why did uh, James Gunn uh, get uh, brought back? And I think the reality is that those are two different situations, right? Absolutely. Those are, those are comments that were said, said, you know, 10 or 12 years with a different mindset prior to a you know exploitation of them through through uh, social media. I think it all. I think it really has to do with the intentionality of the person. Yeah, he was just making bad jokes that he should never yeah. have made. She was suggesting something really bad. With this situation, she's she's full wholeheartedly believing in what she's saying, and it's not like tomorrow she's just going to be like, "That was wrong of me. I'm not going to." You know what I mean? So I, I I agree with Disney. I agree with Lucasfilm that she shouldn't have any part in uh, in the series, but. Um, Moving on uh, to some uh, maybe maybe more happy news. I don't I don't know how to feel about this one. Um, but uh, 
Cineplex CEO says cinemas could help in a big way as potential vaccination sites. This comes from David Friend uh, from the Canadian Press. Shout out to the Canadian Press. Got a Canadian news site here. Uh, The head of Cineplex Inc. is ready to turn Canada's multiplexes into temporary COVID-19 vaccination sites. Ellis Jacobs, CEO of the country's largest movie theater chain, says he's reached out to provincial public health agencies nationwide to suggest his company could help in a big way as a space for distribution shots. Uh, in Ontario, those talks have also involved Premier Doug Ford, uh, Jacob said Thursday in an interview. Uh, and while no decisions have been made, Jacob says health leaders seemed very interested and receptive to the idea. With Cineplex's locations largely closed across the country, in uh, the theater chain is looking for options as it grapples with a massive shutdown due to COVID-19 restrictions. Guys, would you feel comfortable uh, with like, it wouldn't be Cineplex staff, right? <laughs> Distributing these shots, Kevin? No, clearly, clearly not. It would be <laughs> no, trained, I hope not. trained personnel. Yeah. But I think <laughs> they're, they're, they are kind of designed in such a way with, you know, 50-foot tall ceilings. Mm-hmm. You know, they're meant to, you know, they can be designed to move crowds in a designated way to keep people spaced out. You know, and if you had, you know, just sort of, you almost just walk in through the front of the theater there in front of the seats where there's almost the, the aisle you sit down, you get your shot, you come back out around, maybe grab a popcorn on your way out. I mean, I think it's <laughs> yeah. win-win for everybody. And does this, like, this isn't, when I first read this, I thought like, oh, okay, so you buy your movie tickets online, you book your COVID shot, <laughs> you go in, you get your COVID shot, and then you go see the movie. But obviously, then I started thinking about it, and obviously it doesn't just instantly, like, work. Um, so, so you know, I think this is, uh, it's, it's definitely a, a much more realistic idea than I originally anticipated. Anything that can help uh, with what will be a mass overload of people wanting this vaccine uh, is welcomed. So if they're going to be able to leverage the numerous theaters across Canada and I'm guessing throw money their way. Right. Keep them afloat based yeah. on this. Yeah, because you know, they, they, they had a steep uh, fourth quarter loss of $230.4 million as reported on Thursday. Um, and, and so that's, I mean, that's a huge, like that, that's a company ending loss at, at a certain point, right? So, yeah, to your point, like if they can sell a bit of popcorn or, or uh, some drinks well, no, it's just, during it's just, a, a sure government compensation and you can have lots of people but also keep them safely distanced and everything. I just think it makes sense. So good for good for Cineplex for stepping up and uh, making it an option. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how it all rolls out. I'm hoping it happens sooner than later. And uh, yeah, I mean, if it means we get a coupon for free popcorn, let's go. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, hopefully we don't see those buildings, uh, decrepit and torn down, uh, like we do in, in a, one of my favorite video game series, The Last of Us. Speaking of The Last of Us, uh, our third news story comes from, uh, Joe Otterson, uh, from Variety, who, uh, writes, The Last of Us HBO series casts Pedro Pascal as Joel and Game of Thrones breakout star Bella Ramsey as Ellie. Uh, Neil Druckmann, a writer and creative director uh, for The Last of Us video game and co-creator of the series, confirmed the news about Pascal on Twitter, writing, 
And there's the other there's the other half. Stoked to have Pedro aboard our show. Uh, Pascal has seen great success as the star of Disney Plus's The Mandalorian. Uh, he also recently appeared alongside Gal Gadot and Kristen Wiig uh, in a not so great movie. And uh, that's not that's me, not of the article. That's me. <laughs> but uh, and and Ramsey is best known for her role as Liana Mormont uh, in fellow HBO series Game of Thrones. Chernobyl creator Craig Mazin is attached to write and executive produce the series alongside. Druckman, uh, which made me super happy to hear that uh, that he was he's involved in this, uh, just because I think having the d- creative director of The Last of Us Part One and Part Two on your show means that it's going to be a little bit more connected. I feel like you know we've got that upcoming Uncharted movie coming out, and I feel like that's going to feel very disconnected, um, just because they aren't necessarily working with Naughty Dog on that. So I, I agree with you. I think it creates a stronger connectivity between the the property and what the the new medium is that they're that they're evolving it to. Yeah. Um, but great casting. It's it's interesting to choose Pedro Pascal, right? Yeah. Like he's kind of already he's a done, version the last of this of character. With, yeah, with, he's with doing Baby a, Yoda. a Last of Us version in space. Yeah. Or he did as Din yeah. Djarin. Um, he, totally different personality. But what will be interesting to see is is how long his character goes for. You know, it would be great to see the the second season be primarily focused on on Ellie and uh, especially choosing an actress like uh like her you know well, she, you, br- you she bring up a good point through. but I don't see this being just a two season I think they can get more out of it if it's done yes. well and and so mm-hmm. you could see him stick around for several seasons at least I would oh, imagine yeah, yeah. right uh before I, I don't know somewhere. I feel like I feel like though these shows are are kind of written in a way where where there is some sort of an end you know, there's an end in sight either to a character or to the whole story. So whether it be a three season or or a four season, you know, there's there's rumors that Mandalorian is really only going to be a five season show, right? Sure. It, it, is is its is its plan? Um, yeah. So you know what I mean? And and we we've talked about with the new Disney Plus sort of stuff. This idea of that does there need to be multiple seasons of certain shows? They they're just going to exist for one offs as like a certain sort of run. Um, it's very uh, it's very different from that sort of conventional. Obviously, like the prime time uh, heavy hitter shows that are just constantly on. Well, yeah, for especially years. when you have something that has source material that does sort of have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Then you can structure it a bit more. Whereas more traditional TV was just run it until the the profit runs dry, right? And much to the detriment of the show generally in the long run. But but getting like getting back to the the casting though, I I thought that. Uh... Pedro Pascal makes a lot of sense. I think he's kind of a mm-hmm. an easy pick. Um, originally, all throughout the day, it was rumored that we were going to see Mahershala Ali uh, step into the role as Joel, which was super which would have been great. Would have been yeah. crazy, right? And I can almost yeah. hear his voice with some of the the famous Joel lines. But I think I think Pedro Pascal might just be a little bit more of a safer choice. Uh, and then I, I also think um, you know Liana Mormont um, with Bella Bella Ramsey is she now? My only fear is is she too young that like that was I, I what i was gonna her. say she, she yeah. strikes me as like a nine-year-old girl right so maybe this is gonna be kind of a younger version of these characters than than we're used to um but how old is she how is she now uh, let's find out wow she will actually be like 18 this year i believe oh wow yeah okay so she just oh, looks she's... very very young but yeah that could be that addressed w- with you know just the way you portray the character she won't be surrounded by these big bulking men in suits of armor and stuff and so it'll right. be it'll have a very different look and feel to it i think in a lot and that of almost plays really well into the idea of like a season one where she's younger season two 
where she's, you know, maybe a little bit older. And then maybe we move into the second, you know, part two of the games, right? Wasn't Ellie, though, like, wasn't she 16 in Last she's of Us? She's 14 in, I believe, she the first game. She was 14 when, when yeah. the first game happened. Yeah, so I think it, honestly, I think that's that's actually now now that you bring it up, I think it's perfect that uh, that she's in that role. So Well, and you want the character to be a, a badass, and, and yeah. she certainly has shown oh. she can do that. So I think, 100%. you know, and especially if we get to watch her become the badass, that'll be really cool, you know? Yes, I think that would be really awesome. And it's just kind of interesting that HBO just went with two Game of Thrones stars, you know? They're just like, well, we already got them, so let's just keep... Um, yeah, I'm super stoked for this show. Uh, I think if if anything, again, because it's HBO, it's in great hands, but I think it's in even better hands uh, because, as I said, Druckmann is going to be, be taking part, so... That is it for some of the news that we we had missed and we just had to talk about. Um, and then there's one more thing that we just have to talk about uh, that came out on Valentine's Day. Uh, so, guys, let's get into trailer time. It's trailer time. All right, guys. So we finally got here. We got here. It's <laughs> It's been um, how many years since 2017, uh, November? <laughs> That we've been waiting for for this moment to occur. Uh, we got the trailer for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Well, isn't this uh, like the fifth trailer or fourth <laughs> teaser? Like, this isn't the first we're seeing. No, of this isn't this the movie. very first glimpse, but this is the first like sort of full trailer. Uh, this movie is directed by Joss Whedon. I mean, Zack Snyder. Uh, it's going to be starring Henry Cavill, Amy Adams, Gal Gadot, Jason Momoa, Ray Fisher, Ben Affleck, Ezra Miller, and we live in a society. Jared Leto. <laughs> guys, um, what did you guys think about this uh, oddly f- aspect ratio <laughs> trailer? Like, what? Yeah, I don't, I don't get it at all. I don't understand. I, I really hope the, the movie isn't square. I think it might be. I don't know. It, it's going to be weird if it is. It, it'll uh, People will hate it right off the bat if the whole movie's square. Four hours? I think it's <laughs> meant to replicate comic book panels which are traditionally like more of a square look right and i think it's because there might be a lot more verticality in like a superhero film um but it feels like a lot like it feels like zach this is like this is zach snyder snydering as hard as zach can snyder no i i feel like it's 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 um well i guess we will wait and see on march 18th but sure i think it's going to be full aspect ratio i don't i don't think it's going to be square it's just weird that the marketing is is keeping it like that. Maybe because it is, in a way, like a a hidden project, or you know, I don't know, keeping it in a know, box. Man. I don't know, man. But yeah, I think the the trailer itself. You know, I think we were talking about this last time. It's like it's it's hard to watch this trailer and see what's different and what's new, unless you've you know like in, have that movie ingrained. Now, the obviously sure. the newest piece is the end part of this trailer with with Ben Affleck and and the Joker which mm-hmm. in all in all seriousness I would love to see something come from that. I would love to see them still do a Batman Joker story with those two characters. Just do that. Just, just even do while they're doing their that. own other Batman. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, God, I would love no. to. Yeah. I'd hate it. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I mean just we've me. talked about we talked about multiverses in the past and I think the way MC the MCU is going and approaching at multiverses intentionally, whereas I feel like DC is kind of unintentionally fallen into this and having to fix things and saying it's a multiverse. But I still would love to see a movie with Ben Affleck's Batman and Jared Leto's Joker. Sure. Come on. Sure. Come on. I you mean, uh, like you'd want to see it like a one off. Like what if it but, was a TV series? But that's 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 a pipe dream. That's a I wish I want. We're you know if we're gonna talk specifically about this trailer, 
That literally could have been two minutes and 15 seconds of entirely brand new footage. And I wouldn't know. It's it just watching it. It's like, but I've seen this movie already. So it's just hard to get overly excited for it. I've never seen the the original one. But like, to me, it, it feels like an unearned Avengers endgame movie. Like, it feels like it's unearned and they, they, they don't. They they went to it too quickly. Like it's showing me mm. all these characters, uh, for you know at least for these versions, I just don't have any investment in them. Yeah, right. And I so agree. I'm I'm watching these this like epic moments happening. I'm like it mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't feel epic because yeah. you know yeah. And then to even go further on that, then they had four years between it coming out the first time and this time. And what do we get? A prequel for a character we already had a like a prequel sort like it was a sequel, but it's still a prequel sure. to this movie in Wonder Woman sure. eighty four. Yeah. You get a meh Aquaman, and then sure. that's it. They didn't get the Flash movie out. They didn't do anything with Cyborg. Like they, they haven't done anything with these characters to again justify that big coming together sort of event that this movie's supposed to be. I don't know to 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 give it a fair shake. I need to know, guys. Do I need to watch Batman v Superman and Aquaman, the ones that I haven't watched? I'd suggest do I, do I really I would, need to. You might as well, so, yeah. es- especially Batman Superman. No, okay, Batman Superman only. But, but okay. it's like, this way you, you get Aquaman. Aquaman. So now you know where he comes from. That's what I mean. Yeah, I Maybe guess. I'll feel more invested yeah. in him. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I, Maybe. I feel like honestly, I'm like I I'm gonna watch the Zack Snyder films. So I'll watch Man of Steel, I'll watch uh Batman versus Superman, I'll watch right. Justice League, and then I'll watch Justice League, you know, Snyder Cut. All right. right. So I'll just All right. I'll just do it. I already did it. The funny funny thing is is I hate these goddamn movies. I already <laughs> did this like in October or something. You hate, like I just You hate watch them. I hate watch them. No, <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I hate watch them only yeah. because it's just like they're just so frustrating. But yeah, that scene at the end with the Joker and and uh Batman, that was a at least they had that. Well, as long as it's as long as the movie is is better, I think that's all we can hope for. Is that it's a better movie. I just don't understand how they can do that with four hours of content that's the part that that scares me the most if it had a normal running time i would be like there's a chance this could be great well yeah and and of the many uh complaints i had about the original version of the movie one of them was not damn it that movie was way too short right i want it (laughs) to be twice as long yeah exactly um so yeah uh We'll see. You know what? We'll this that has been out. talked about for four yeah. bloody years. I'm so glad that in a month we'll just be able to watch it and then probably never talk about it again. <laughs> so, guys, that is it for uh, trailer time. Um, guys, we're, we're, we're getting through here. Let's get to our topic of the show. All right, so for today's topic of the show, we're putting it all out there. Uh, we're pretty ashamed of ourselves for, for enjoying some of these, these movies and shows. But for you, our listeners, we wanted to get these embarrassing and unexpected guilty pleasures off our chest. So we're going to go round table and rank our top three guilty pleasures, whether they're a movie or a TV show. Um, uh, I'll go ahead and start, if that's okay with you guys. I just yes, really please. need to get this off my chest. Oh, do Please. it. Your chest is, yeah, your chest is booming right now. It's I'm it's I'm drowning booming. right now. I'm drowning right now because of this film uh, that I, I really enjoy. Uh, you know, originally, this movie was released in 1999, um, and uh, it got a 59% on Rotten Tomatoes with a 39% audience score. Um, so this, this, you know, this is a freaking gem of a film. 
Um, and it totally is not ripping off a Steven Spielberg classic. It stars Stellan Skarsgård, Michael Rappaport, Jacqueline McKenzie, Saffron Burroughs, and uh, Thomas Jane, and of course, LL Cool J and Mother Effin' Samuel L. Jackson. I'm talking about my favorite shark movie ever, Deep Blue Sea. Nice. <laughs> mm. Nice. Um, guys, I mean, this movie... It's a blast, right? Like, okay, so they the way that they everyone gets trapped in a lab where they have to cure Alzheimer's by stealing brains from super sharks. I mean, it's basically Jurassic Park underwater. It even has Samuel L. Jackson in it, uh, and arguably the best the best death scene that he's ever done. It was certainly wow. one of the most unexpected death scenes I've ever right? seen in my life. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I saw yeah, this yeah. in theaters and. Still remember the theater and the audible gasp from everybody when that shark comes out with some of the worst CGI ever and sort of grabs them and pulls them in. This was, but this was like around the time of like Anaconda or like uh, Lake Placid. Like, these these movies were in and around then. So, yeah, creature features were definitely big at the time. Yeah. It's still, I think it's still like action y enough that it doesn't become boring at any time. Like, um, even though the, I will say the, the speech and the dialogue is very slow at times. Like where the characters, you'll just be like, okay, just get, get through the line, get through the line. Uh, especially when LL Cool J is just talking to his parrot. I was going to um, say the chef, LL Cool J is the yeah. chef with his bird was like my favorite character. He's, he's, he's like, uh, isn't he? Well, he's a chef, but he's also like a pastor at one point. Yeah. He's well. a very like, religious guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I love I love the oddly placed Christian undertones in the movie, uh, the terrible CGI, the slow dialogue. Yeah, he's Sam Jackson scripture speech. hunting out these sharks. It's great yes, stuff, <laughs> right? And then I think he swears in the middle of a prayer. It's unbelievable. It's it's the Fast and Furious of shark movies, and it's better than Jaws in my opinion. Wow, that's I'm just kidding. I've, I've never seen I've never seen Jaws. I've never seen Jaws. <laughs> but guys, that is my number three uh, movie that I am I am just so. So ashamed of. Well, very nice. Uh, I mean, I'll jump in here because you mentioned something about uh, religion. Yeah, um, let's hear it. And that, that plays into my choice for number three. Anybody who knows me uh, on a very personal level knows sort of how I feel uh, from a theolith- uh, theological standpoint, um, which would make my absolute obsession with this movie growing up uh, seem a little bit odd. Uh, released in... 1993, the sequel to a far more successful uh, original movie. Uh, I'm talking about Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. What? Um, Let's go, uh, Kevin! (laughs) I absolutely loved this movie as a kid. I owned the soundtrack on the CD. I would still sing it when I was 18 years old, driving around. Absolutely, I, it was it was the one CD in my big binder of CDs that you used to have at the time that people would flip through and. Go wait a minute! What is this that you have here? I know the words to every single song from that soundtrack to this day. Uh, I always love a kids needing to come together and go to a competition. That kind of movie, you know what I mean? Usually in the sports forum, you know your Mighty Ducks and that sort of thing. But to have a a, a group of inner city kids find their their joint passion in music, led by the always affable Whoopi Goldberg, it was just such a Fun, fun, wonderful movie that I've probably seen more times than I should admit. So that definitely starts me off here on a guilty pleasure. Dude, I don't be don't feel guilty about that at all. I mean, this was on my short list for for best feel good film for me. Like I freaking love that movie. And and Lauren Hill is just 
She's really, really good. It's, I thought they, you know, it should have been a star-making sort of performance, and she went and focused <sighs> yeah. far more on music than than uh, than acting. But uh, yeah, but you know, when the, the when the quiet meat kid busts out, "Oh happy day," <laughs> yeah, like oh so, and the, good. the falsetto that he hits, that oh high yeah, note? that note, oh still oh. like tingles every time that scene happens. So fantastic, so fan- well. I'm glad it's your number three, Kevin, because. If you had put this as your two or one, I would have had to hit you in the face because this movie, <laughs> I love, and I would have hit you like and said some sort of quip that Whoopi said. But yes, I, I really, uh, that's awesome. Sweet. Great choice. Justin, what is your number three movie that you are, that's uh, your guilty pleasure? Okay, so uh, maybe a little bit of clarification for what this guilty pleasure is. Uh, this is not actually pertained to one thing. This is a style. This is a genre. This is something I'm is a guilty pleasure that I like to enjoy. Uh, it is of the television kind. It is of the reality TV show kind. Mm. And I am talking about all the delicious shows to come from HDTV. Oh, uh, I okay. am the wow. biggest fan of shows like The Fixer Upper, uh, Flipper Flop, <laughs> Hometown, House Hunters. Pretty good. Rehab yep. Addict I've gotten into, but uh, I really like Good Bones. Good Bones is great. Uh, me and my wife love that one. Um, love it or list it. Gotta love that one, too. Um, I love all of these shows. Um, what about Property Brothers? You get into Property oh, Brothers? Oh, of course, yeah. Property I hate Brothers. the Property I... Brothers, those two oh, man, wieners. They're, they're great. They just they think are, they're, they're so great. funny, and they're just a bunch yeah. of clowns. <laughs> they're not very funny. Hey, and they're very successful. They're in the States. Uh, I think one of them is dating Zoe Deschanel. Um, oh, wow. So, Good for them. So I don't know. I'm, I'm a big fan of like that sort of stuff in the, the design style, and, and that kind of ties in with something later, but... Uh, um, yeah, I love I love all these shows. I will, you know, if I don't if I can't find anything that I actually want to stream or watch, I'll just sit down and I will pop on something from HGTV. HGTV reminds me, as far as titles on HGTV, it reminds me of like the Taco Bell of TV no, shows. You could take any of those words from any of those titles and mix them up, and it won't matter. You, my flipped dream house, dream flip house, celebrity <laughs> yeah, dream I house. Know. Like, the- <laughs> I'm definitely a fan of those. Uh, Fixer Upper with Chip and Joanne is my favorite. I love Chip. He just seems like the coolest <laughs> yeah. guy. You- You'd want to ever have a beer with and yeah, do a yeah. renovation project with because he like he just seems like a really fun affable guy but i call those shows my vacation shows because whenever i go on a vacation and i very much got this from my mother but the first thing you do you get into the hotel room you put your suitcase down you slap on the tv so you've got some background noise and it's always boom hgtv let's Perfect. go right in yeah. the background you know yeah. yeah uh one other thing real quick though another sub genre if you will now this is of the film kind that i truly truly love to enjoy on a regular basis i've actually talked to you guys about some of her films and that is anything from nancy myers oh yeah let's go Nancy myers is an american filmmaker um she is known for doing a lot of rom-com uh very traditional sort of if you will romantic comedy styles uh oh wow early er, early 90s into the 2000s she's she's still around uh easily one of my favorites father of the bride one and two what women want parent trap hello i mean you talked Uh, about the holiday on on one of our episodes before i'm sure uh no <laughs> no i'm not a fan of that one i love something's gotta give obviously oh, like great, great, great. diane keaton 
Um, and I don't, I feel like the reason why I would say that these are guilty pleasures is not necessarily that I'm embarrassed by them or that they're viewed bad or negatively. I think uh, uh, most people within the wheelhouse of what we do in terms of geek culture and pop culture might be surprised that I like to, you know, sit down and watch a Nancy Myers movie, you know, throw on some uh, Father of the Bride. Let's do I it. I hear you. And I was very tempted to put one of the movies from her filmography on my list and it, yeah. you can almost consider it my guilty pleasure of her movies yeah. uh and that is the intern with uh robert de niro and anne hathaway oh, I, i've <laughs> probably watched that five times if it's on tv and i'm flipping through on a sunday afternoon i don't care where it is i'm slapping it on and watching it i love that movie okay i'm also okay, a cool. big fan of baby boom uh, I remember yeah. watching that with my mom and being like, what is this dumb? I thought it was like a lifetime movie. And then I just sat down and I couldn't stop and, watching it. Yeah, and that's kind of it. Like she she does these sort of, you know, lifetime kind of movies. Right. But they're, yeah. they're still enjoyable and entertaining. So, yeah, she just she knows how to she knows how to have fun with her stories. So, yeah, they're simple. You don't have to think too hard. You just sit back, relax and have a smile on your face, basically. Obviously, though, these might be a little bit more category based i promise for my next two they are singular focus good so to know some yeah yeah i'm like always leave it up to justin to just oh it's okay i'm gonna bend jump the rules on that bandwagon with a category for my second choice <laughs> so don't you worry oh there you go there you go cool all right well um here let me get into my second choice here uh i mean justin you kind of talked about hgtv reality television uh my second choice here is something that i am it's a guilty pleasure of mine, definitely. Uh, and uh, and unfortunately for the cast on the show, um, not as much pleasure going on. Uh, of <laughs> course, I'm talking about the the uh, was it twenty? Did it come out in 2020 or 2019? I think it's 2020. 2020 hit too hot to handle on Netflix. Um, this is a reality show um, with incredibly attractive people. <laughs> Trying to fall in love while abstaining from, um, let's just say, any sort of physical contact. Uh, and the less physical contact, the more money they all win at the end of the show. Um, oh, wow. So if any, if any of them get down, uh, then the, the whole pool of money that's, goes that's down. That's really right? interesting. That's actually that's so really cool. interesting because because depending like depending on what reality show you're watching, they all have the same sort of shtick that that everyone hooks up. Like my wife watches yes. uh, the challenge. It's an MTV Survivor base. The Miz <laughs> sure. is on it. I'm sure yeah. Kevin knows. Um, but anyways, it's it's actually kind of fun. Some of the challenges very gladiator esque and and whatnot. But there's always these like people that are hooking up and then doing these challenges and then being teammates and then backstabbing each other. And it creates all this drama. So to see a show like this that would actually challenge the idea, hey, don't touch each other or do anything. And yeah, well, but, but I bet at funny. the same time, they're still doing all the things that they do on all those other shows where they funnel them with booze. Yep. You know, mm. oh, set yeah. them up in situations just yep. so that they will hook up to make good TV. But yeah. here they have to try and abstain from it. That is quite the <laughs> challenge. And yeah. the, the best yeah, part funny. is, like, you know how The Bachelor has Chris Harrison, right? Well, yeah. this show just has, like, it's like an Alexa device, but it's called La Lana, uh, L-A-N-A. And uh, according to the show's producers, uh, the name for Lana was inspired by what it spells backwards. I'll let you guys uh, figure that one out. Uh, 
I started watching this show. I started watching this show ironically, and then I, I just couldn't stop watching. The level of drama and overproduced like false narratives they set up on the show are fantastic, and I love how the contestants pretend to actually learn like moral lessons throughout the like near the end of the show. And it's like I've really grown, and it's amazing to see how much we've grown. And just no, no, you didn't. You didn't grow at all. Uh, you're still all just a bunch of very attractive, but also terrible people. So um, yeah. I, I love it. I, I, I really enjoyed it, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to if they, they do another season. But uh, I thought it was just a really original idea for a dating show. But I think dating shows, Justin, I'll kind of hop onto your, your whole thing. Dating shows in general are just pretty entertaining no matter what. <laughs> yeah. It's always like the idea of like, you, you know, you're, you're watching, but you can't look away. Even for example of like my wife watching The Challenge, I'm like, oh my God, what are you watching? Right? Yeah. Like, what, what is this? And then suddenly I'm into it. I'm like, yeah, no, no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> Let's play the next episode. I want to see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, it's just, you're sucked in. That's it. So, I mean, the contestants definitely weren't sucked in on this show, but uh, that is too hot to handle. Um, Kevin, let's hear your number two. All right. Uh, number two, again, it's a little bit broader than just a specific, say, movie or show. Uh, it's a whole enterprise on its own, if you will. But uh, it's been a, an enormous part of my life, uh, for better or worse, for... Uh, over 20 years, uh, I, I look back to an 11-year-old me sitting on the couch one afternoon and this promotion, this advertisement came on for uh, uh, a pay-per-view and and they used to be friends, but now they're enemies. Uh, and it was from WWF and it was uh, with Shawn Michaels and his old friend Diesel and the pay-per-view that evening was Good Friends, Better Enemy. And the two-minute little promotion they did hooked me in so very much that I just had, I ordered my very first wrestling pay-per-view that night. Uh, the rest was history. I spent the next Aww. six months that summer, basically, going to uh, the old local video store, Movies and Tunes, and renting every single WWS VHS tape they had. Probably 10 or 12 years worth of old pay-per-views. And I just, I would rent two or three of them on a Saturday walk back down on Sunday morning, rent two or three more of them, and just an entire summer was spent falling in love uh, with a passion that would see me travel across the United States uh, with my younger brother. We uh, went to 13 WrestleMania events together over uh, almost 20 years, 15 years or so. Um, I met uh, some really, really great friends that ended up uh, you know, becoming some of my best friends that were actually at my wedding this year or last year. Uh, and so... You know, beyond the silly soap opera goofiness that it that it is, it, it did really enrich my life in a lot of other ways. But, you know, the the they call it the male soap opera. And, you know, especially at the time I fell in love with it, it was tailored after the Jerry Springer show of just scantily clad women and <laughs> and dudes flipping their boss off and hitting each other right. with chairs. And and uh, I mean, I, I could go on for hours about why the athleticism and the storytelling and everything is really quite fantastic. But at the end of the day, it's pretend fighting and <laughs> no, no shortage of goofiness and silliness. Uh, while I don't necessarily watch it anymore, I still follow the product enough to keep on, up on some of the guys I watched growing up. It will always hold a very special near and dear place in my heart, even though, you know, when somebody finds that out about me, if they're not a fan of wrestling, it's like, really? Wrestling? Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think it'll <laughs> always sort of have that stigma. But 
I'll always defend it to the end. Yeah, I'm looking at the VHS box art for WWF in your house number seven. Good friends, better enemies. <laughs> it's just, it's like the most like, I don't know, like, is this from the 80s or the 90s? It's like mid-90s. Mid-90s. That's pure so 96. 90s. Well, well, Kevin, if uh, if if the if it ever becomes safe again to to go to a WrestleMania event, sign me up. I want to go with you. I want to feel the, honestly, the energy. Honestly, I want to drink the drinks. Once, it would be a lot yeah. of fun. It would be. You a have lot, to you cosplay know. though. You have to cosplay. Oh, I'm down. Go I'll take my like, shirt off the whole time. I'll, I want you to go for like Legion of Doom. <laughs> Amazing. Sweet. I'm down. I don't know what that means, but I'm in. Uh, you and Kevin as Legion of Doom, that would be That would awesome. be epic, yeah. Very cool. Or we could go as Hurricane and Typhoon. There's some oh <laughs> I'll be I'll be Typhoon. There we go. Uh, <laughs> Justin, uh what is your number two guilty pleasure, my guy? Well, while we're on the topic of soap operas, um, I feel like this one's very fitting. Um, it's kind of a primetime soap opera. Uh, it has been around since 2005, guys. Okay. Uh, 17 seasons of this show. You can find it on Netflix. Um, it is written, produced, developed, pretty much birthed by uh, this, I guess you could call her a TV drama alum, and that is... Shonda Rhimes. Um, this stars Ellen Pompeo, Justin Chambers, actually not Justin Chambers anymore, uh, James Pickin Jr. I am talking about Grey's Anatomy. I can't believe there's oh. 17 seasons. <laughs> what? Uh, 17 seasons, yeah. It's uh, it's still going strong. And, and this is the thing. Again, this is why I preface that my selection isn't necessarily things that, um, that are bad or I'm ashamed of. This has an 84% average rotten tomato yeah, i guess um 77 <laughs> average audience yeah, score dog you should so. be embarrassed <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh no but it's a great show uh they have a great cast uh they've obviously lasted 17 seasons and what's great is even now during covid times uh as the show's going on they're telling stories about what it's like being in the medical field during these times so you know they're still staying relevant so it's pretty it's really cool um but yeah i don't know i enjoy it it's it's a good show it's uh, it's enjoyable color me mixed surprised i had no idea you were a fan listen we're, we're breaking new ground with this episode kevin this is us airing it. out and making sure people are aware and i know that your next one is going to be you know your love of lin-manuel miranda but uh for me uh i'm going to go ahead and talk about my Number one, I watched it today just before we started recording. I, I finished watching it uh, with a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And only, and this is the part that really is the kicker here, only a 28% audience score. Uh, <laughs> the guilty pleasure I'm most ashamed to admit I really, really enjoy is a 1999 classic Another 1999 classic brought to you by the same guy who directed Men in Black, starring one of the same actors from Men in Black. It's a classic tale of secret agents going undercover to save the president from an ex-Confederate handicapped maniac who rides around in a giant mechanized spider. That's right. I'm talking about Wicked Wicked Wild Wild West. I honestly think... It shares some of the same classic humor as, like, 
get, you know, any Martin Short kind of movie out there, even a Jim Carrey kind of movie to a certain degree. I think Will Smith is incredibly charming. I think Kevin Klein is awesome. Kevin Brana is my favorite part. He, he is, is the bomb. Wow. Yeah. yeah I love that him. Southern voice. I yeah. love it. I love his voice. I love everything they did with it. And my favorite part, uh, definitely, is the fact that we got Tenet supervillain Kevin or Kenneth Branagh. Um, and, and, and I don't know. It, as much as the movie's plot may not make a lot of sense, it's easier to follow than Tenet. So, you know, there you go. Take that, <laughs> Nolan. <laughs> it's entertaining. I yes. liked it. Yeah, we, yeah, I think we saw that twice in theaters. Uh, uh, at least the once, though. Yeah, but when I was nine years old watching this movie, I I loved in like the inventive gadgets and the crude humor. Uh, and I'm I'm gonna go on record as saying that I'm actually so happy that Will Smith turned down the Matrix to do this movie. I'm just saying. Think about it. There's an alternate universe out there where Will Smith is Neo and Keanu Reeves didn't get the, you know, he's not a big star or anything like that. And uh, and also Wild Wild West doesn't exist. So do you guys want that universe? Because I don't think you do. Right? <laughs> I think it worked out well that we got, you know, Keanu in the right role. And then, there you, you go. know, this goofy little movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> but guys i mean listen somewhere out there there's also a universe where they made a wild wild wilder west and uh i want to travel to that multiverse because that sounds go. incredible <laughs> <laughs> but uh but that is my number one uh guilty pleasure movie again i watched it today it's uh, it's so good so good kevin what is your number one guilty pleasure ask me about my wiener uh, <laughs> if you recognize that line, then in 2006, you saw a fun little comedy that takes a, a new look, a refreshing new look, if you will, at uh, university life. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Justin Long uh, starring in Accepted. Uh, basically, he doesn't oh get into gosh. any of uh, the universities of his choices, so he just invents one of his own. Uh, movie starts a very young and up and coming Jonah Hill. Uh, it's got Louis Black, who's one of my favorite comedians of all time, in a role that was literally made for him. He was born to play the curmudgeon old, uh, you know, crackpot who comes in to to sort of be the dean of this fake school. Uh, honestly, I just I don't know what it is about the movie. Maybe the idea of actually going to a school where you could just learn whatever the heck you want because that's what learning should be. I love sort of the principles about how education should be looked at. But let's not kid ourselves here. This was not a very good movie. Um, <laughs> but if I wasn't so ashamed, it would make a top five all-time favorite movies list for me every single time. I absolutely love it. I've seen it over 20 times. Um, I And again, I don't know what it is about it. There's just something charming about it that I absolutely love it, even though it's a terrible movie. It's got like 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, it's yeah. really not, it was not received well, but boy, oh boy, was it a lot of fun. Wow. Wow. It's, it's kind of like an American Pie sort of thing, or is it's it not as sexualized? sort of humor. Yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's far less sexualized than that one. Um, okay. But, uh, but it was definitely around the same time. But yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty lousy movie that I just love. Well, I will accept it. Maybe I'll see it one day. Yeah, check um, it out. It's fun. It's an easy hour and a half. <laughs> Very cool. All right, well. Well, and plus, then you'd understand the context of ask me about my wiener. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, Justin, I'm not going to ask you about your wiener, uh, but I am going to ask you for your number one guilty pleasure. 
All right, my number one guilty pleasure. Uh, okay, this movie was released in 2006. It actually has quite the star-studded cast. I actually think uh, this one of the people won an Oscar for it. Uh, so it's not necessarily a disliked movie. Um, it's actually got a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. The cast is Simon Baker, Stanley Tucci, Emily Blunt, Anne Hathaway, and your star, Meryl Streep. I am talking about The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, nice. I love this movie, man. Really? I love so many things about this movie. Um, I like I like the sort of, you know, fish out of water, ugly duckling sort of theme to the to the yeah. story. Um, I love how she finds her way into the fashion world. I, not many people know this, but like I went to school for visual arts and and film and, and specialized in photography. And I had a huge passion and interest for uh, like high fashion photography and doing editorial style. Like I always wanted to actually be like a editorial f- photographer for like Vogue or, you know, Vanity oh, wow. Fair or something like that. I had that. no so, idea. So I've always had like a huge interest. So like this to me was like such a, a fun look into that world. And when you have a an amazing cast led by Meryl Streep, um, you know, this movie is just great. It, it's so, it. I guess fun would be the word that I would use, um, but I don't know. I've watched it so many times. It's just, it's a feel good movie. You know, like I, I, I think you feel good after you watch this movie. Um, and, and you see some of these characters come to their own, but yeah, anyways, Devil Wears Prada. Love it. I will. I've actually recently watched this twice. I've actually never seen it. You've never seen the Devil Wears Prada? I've never seen the Devil Wears Prada. Should that have been on my list of movies I'm embarrassed to not have not seen? I think I've seen half of the Devil Wears Prada. Ah, I don't think I've seen the whole thing. It's so good. The book, Angie loves the book. You know, I I don't know. It's just, I, I love it. It's all good, dude. Anne Hathaway fan number one here. That's awesome. Great. Yeah. Um, well, guys, we hope you enjoyed uh, listening to us sort of get these these guilty pleasures. We've been we've been feeling so guilty about them for so long. Some for decades. Some decades for de- of agony. Decades. Closeted, you know, wrestling fans. We got closeted HGTV fans, and of course, my love so of of, uh, of Will just. Smith. Dressed like a, a stripper cowboy, you know. It's just, it's. We got to talk about it. We got to get these things off our chest. Uh, also, we want to know what are some of your guilty pleasures. Should we have been so guilty about our pleasures that we in, that we enjoy? Yeah, who should be more embarrassed out of the three of us about yeah. what we enjoy? Yeah, I think you it's let Justin. Us know. I think it's Justin. But uh, let us know, of course, Justin. Where can they? Uh, where can they? You know, flip the house and let you know. They can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Oh, I like that. I like the delivery there. Uh, <laughs> but um, but guys, that is another episode in the bag. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Uh, and if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts because. We are geek-centric, and, and you can be too, which means you can also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. Follow us on Twitter at geekcentricyt. Justin's banging out some, some fantastic tweets over there. I always ask him, can I, can I get the password for the Twitter I want to tweet? He's like, no, you're not. You can't. No. So, you know what? I'll leave it up to him. I'll leave it up to him. He's great at it. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at wearegeekcentric on Instagram. Also, you can catch me stream every Thursday and Sunday night uh, over at twitch.tv slash nateplays. 
these games. Right now, I'm playing a healthy mix of a game called Cyber Shadow, as well as some Super Mario 3D World uh, with some friends. So, you know, being a multiplayer game, a multiplayer Mario game uh, at that, uh, it's a lot of fun. And uh, we're, you know, just getting more and more guests on the uh, stream. So, you know, if you like that, we're also going to be playing some Fall Guys, some Among Us, and of course, whatever big game comes out at the time. So stop by. Say hello, and uh, we can be we can be geek centric uh, over there as well. Justin, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me for today's shameful episode. And as we say, love ya. Ask me about my no, sorry. Uh, stay home safe, guys. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>